Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 81. Guess what? Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about leadership, courage, and caution lights. If you'd like more free resources like this one, you can check out my website at williamdparker.com for posts and podcasts, or you can check out my books, Principal Matters or Messaging Matters at my website or at amazon.com. Last week, I was given the privilege of hosting a webinar for principals across my state in Oklahoma, and I wanted to share a recording of that webinar with you this week as a podcast. And so I'm going to transition here in just a moment to a conversation that I was having through a book study that we're doing over my first book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Action, and Courage Needed for School Leaders. And in this conversation, I was hosting area principals who had logged in and were um, listening and watching. And so I will link to the slides and the video version of this as well if you'd like to see this or uh, look at the, the visuals with this as well. But this week, I wanted to just encourage you to think about the importance of your own school leadership, the courage that it requires, the teamwork that it requires, and the personal growth goals that you need to be thinking about in your leadership as well. So thanks for listening, and I'm going to transition over now and let you listen to this conversation about leadership, courage, and caution lights in your journey as a principal. Well, good morning, everyone. We're going to go ahead and get started. As you're joining this webinar, I'd first of all like to welcome you. My name is Will Parker, and I'm the Executive Director for OASSP and OMLEA, the Secondary and Middle Level Principals Associations for Oklahoma. Welcome to our first webinar for this semester. I'm already seeing people logging in, and as you are doing so, feel free to either send a little note through the chat function on Zoom. Welcome Kelly and Jamie and Don. Uh, welcome C. Brannon and T. Davenport and Sharon Ballou, and I know others that are joining us, and Jared Johnson. Uh, we're glad to see everyone that's uh, joining into this conversation this morning. This webinar is going to be recorded, and so I'm going to uh, go ahead and begin our conversation. We are talking this semester through uh, a book that I put out a couple of years ago called Principal Matters, The, Motiva- the Motivation, Courage, Action, and Teamwork Needed for School Leaders. And this book really was birthed from a lot of the conversations I was having after being named Oklahoma's Assistant Principal of the Year in 2012, when I was um, being invited to a lot of graduate classes or aspiring principal workshops to share with new school leaders some of the um, practical suggestions of how to engage in school leadership in a way where you're not simply surviving, but you feel like you can have joy in the work that you're doing too. And so today, we're going to begin by um, working through the first couple of chapters of this book, uh, which are on courage, leadership, and something that I call caution lights. And if you are um, unable to attend some of these webinars, it's it's okay. If I know that uh, last year I hosted webinar series for COSA from my school office, 
And there were many times where uh, I stepped straight out of that office into uh, resolving some kind of situation. And so I know some of you guys may be called in the middle of this webinar to, to do the same thing, uh, but we will record these sessions. And so if you want to go back and look and see uh, what were some of the topics or content that you may have missed, then feel free to check out COSA's website later and we will post each of these webinars, uh, the recordings of them so that you can go back later if you want to uh, look at them or if you want to share them with other school leaders as well. But again, I just want to say welcome. Uh, so great to see all of you guys that are logging in today. And if you want to send a quick message through the chat function, uh, there is a chat function under the more part of your tab. Uh, feel free to uh, include your name and your title for those who are joining that may not know you. But I'm so glad to see you guys. I want to lead this webinar two ways. One, I want to make sure that I'm um, sharing some of the, the content that we are covering through the book, but also I want to open it up to questions. And so there's going to be times where I'm going to ask you guys for some feedback. And when I do, I would invite you to unmute your mic at that point and to engage in that conversation because I want this to be a discussion, not just a, a, a one-person conversation. But let me just begin uh, first by inviting you, if you are a Twitter person, to please connect. I would love to uh, be able to talk to you throughout your school year, uh, and social media is one of the best ways to do that. And so, if you are a Twitter user, please follow my handle, which is William DP. And if you're not following COSA, please do that as well, because uh, COSA puts out a number of of tweets each day with content that's important for school leaders, whether it's the latest advocacy stuff happening with legislation or whether it's just a response to something happening in Oklahoma, or whether it's sharing out great things happening in schools across our state. So I'd love to invite you to stay connected through social media. I want to begin today's conversation by visiting the story that's told at the beginning of, of this book that we're, that we're studying together. Diane Anayad is one of those people that is amazing to me because although she had set a world record in her 20s for swimming around the island of Manhattan and swimming from the Bahamas to Florida, she waited until she was 60 years old to decide to break a world record that no person had ever broken. And if you're familiar with her story, you know, at the age of 60, she decides to begin training for a swim from Cuba to Florida, which was a 100-mile swim that no one had ever accomplished because of the changing tides and the jellyfish-infested waters. And yet, even after a disastrous attempt at the age of 62, she tries again, and she's able to accomplish this goal. And when I imagine that swim uh, across that ocean, I always picture Diane and I add just kind of this lone figure cutting through the ocean blue, accomplishing this world record. But that's not reality. Reality is that she was surrounded by boats of specialists in nutrition and in navigation. She was surrounded by people that were helping guide that trip, even though she was a solo swimmer. And so when she lands on that, um, or when she crawls onto that beach at the end of that world record swim, and she's surrounded by reporters asking her for a quote. That's why I was so struck by the two things that she says. And this is how I want to begin our conversation today about school leadership. Diane and I had looked at those reporters and her lips were so swollen from the salt water that she could only get out these words. She said, never give up teamwork. And later when she was asked, um, after she had recovered from the swim, what she meant by those um, phrases, I think they're self-explanatory, but the first phrase 
really points to her own courage that she was unwilling to give up on her dream of accomplishing this world record. It, it took an amazing amount of courage for her to face the challenges that she had in front of her and find a way to do something that no other person on earth had ever done. And I think that's a lot like school leadership. I think that every day when you step into your buildings or you're working with people that you have to have a measure of courage or otherwise there's no way you could do the job. And I start off principal matters by kind of giving a, a rundown of what a typical day may look in the life of a principal. And you guys know that you begin school long before the first bell rings and you're there long after that last bell rings because the work of a principal is, is never ending. And the demands from teachers or parents or students or from reports or from the State Department or from federal issues um, are a constant demand. In fact, I was sitting in a a conference a couple of years ago in Washington, D.C. with a researcher who had been funded through the Wallace Foundation, and he had done a year's worth of research following principals around their jobs, and he had some specific policy suggestions for principals from in that presentation, but I wouldn't let him off the hook. I didn't want to have him leave that room until I was able to ask him a question that no one else had asked him and that he had not covered in his research. And so I said, I raised my hand and I said, listen, you spent a year researching our profession and you've given a lot of policy suggestions, but what's the one thing that surprised you most about our job that you didn't expect to see when you followed principals around for a year? And he paused for a second and he said something I've never heard anyone say before or since. He said, I have never observed an occupation where a person on their way to work each day has to ask themselves, I wonder what law or regulation I'll have to bend or break today to do my job well. And I thought that spoke to the pressure, the tension that school leaders are so often under because we have a lot of pressures, whether it's from our own upper administration or from our own state department or from federal um, issues or from just trying to resolve human conflict. It requires a lot of courage and a lot of wisdom. And that's why I think the second part of Diana Nyad's quote is so important. We need each other. We can't do this without a team. We can't do this without surrounding ourselves with people who are talented and gifted and smart. That's teachers, that's students, that's parents, that's, te- that's our teammates. We can't do this alone. And so today I want to begin this conversation by inviting you to give me some feedback. And this is where I would like you guys to just ponder this question for a moment. And then I'm going to ask you to unmute your mic if you can. And and I know with the number of participants that we have that it might get noisy, um, but I would like to to have some engagement. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now as you look towards this new school year? And um, I'm going to pause for a moment and ask someone to be courageous and unmute their mic and, and share with us um, what one of those challenges is that you're facing this school year. And then if you'll mute your mic again, it'll give someone else a chance to uh, to to make a comment as well. Mr. Parker, I Go think, ahead. I think Go ahead, uh, Kelly. Ms. Kelly Childers, Pond Creek Hunter. I think some of the biggest challenges we face today is, is uh, uncertainty of uh, where we're headed next with uh, everything we do within our job. Our job is greatly dependent on uh, the uh, rules and the laws that is, governed and given to us and i think some of our biggest biggest difficulties is is not the lack of knowledge and lack of knowing of uh specific directions we're headed yeah the constant changing that happens within our own laws that suddenly change the way that we have to do school thank you kelly for that comment who else what are some of the other challenges that some of you are facing this year 
I was going to say, this is Jamie, I was going to say one thing I think we continually face every year is just keeping teacher morale up and uh, keeping that positive feeling going on in our building uh, with all the changes that happen in, you know, state department changes, uh, this new PL focus for teachers, uh, changing with all the state testing, I think kind of being their cheerleader sometimes is a struggle and, and keeping morale up for everybody. Yeah, that's that's so huge, Kelly. I'm Jamie, thank you. That's keeping up morale, especially right now in and the the way that things have gone in Oklahoma at large. But even on a even on a normal year, morale is a challenge. But especially in in the uncertain times that we have right now, I want to talk next about the fact that in our journeys, I think we have a lot of things in common. And if you were able to look through the first two, couple of chapters of of the book. Some of the conversations that we have in these first chapters are about motivation, but also about balance. And uh, in my own journey, I, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I, I grew up in West Tennessee. Um, my mom and dad still live there today in a small town called Paris, which is between Memphis and Nashville. We grew up close to the Tennessee River, Kentucky Lake area. My granddad uh, was a farmer. And um, when I was in college, I... Um, chose to go to, to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa and a, a college that I could not afford, but thankfully with uh, scholarships and uh, student loans and some generosity of, of wonderful family friends, I was able to attend there. And I met my wife, Missy, and we married in 1993, the same year that I graduated uh, from college and began my first teaching experience. Uh, this is my family. My wife, Missy, and I have four children, Emily, Maddie, Katie, and Jack. And uh, they are the loves of our life. I started my teaching career at South Intermediate High School in Broken Arrow, where I taught for eight years. I taught three years uh, after that at Catoosa as an AP language teacher. I became a principal first at Bixby High School. And then I moved to Skyatook in 2006, uh, where I spent the next 10 years serving uh, the community there at Skyatook High School. And so, in the 24 years that I have been in education, half of them were in the classroom and half of them have been in the roles of, of an admin as an assistant principal uh, and as a high school principal. Um, nine of my years were in assistant roles and four of those years were as the high school principal um, at SkyTuke as well. In my own journey, I have discovered that that school leadership is probably as when I, when I talk to new leaders, what I tell them is this, that when you think about your classroom experience and then you think about what is it like to move from that classroom to the principalship or to an assistant principal role, I'm sure you can relate um, because I often tell people, imagine the most intense situation that you've had in the classroom on a given day. That kid who is so challenging that you go home that night and you're still thinking about it when you go to bed and you wonder if you made the right calls or you're not sure how you're going to manage that conflict tomorrow. And then I want you to multiply that moment 10 times. And that can be a typical principal's day where you are managing conflicts that you may have managed in a classroom setting occasionally, but you're now doing it on a school-wide focus because you're not just responsible for one group of people, you're responsible for an entire school. And being responsible for an entire school means that you're managing all conflicts in some way or another. And so I think it's so so essential that we keep perspective in those moments that we're, that we're trying to lead. And one of the stories that I told early in, uh, in the book is a story about a young woman who I worked with who was an orphan. 
who had lost both of her parents as a middle school student. And when we received her as a ninth grader, we decided to place her on a mentor team with an older teacher and an older student. And we created mentor teams at my school, always with the guardian's permission, where we could have a weekly meeting with kids at risk so that a veteran teacher and an older student could meet with that that at-risk student on a weekly basis. And we called them mentor 180 teams because we believed that with 180 days of school, we could help someone do a complete turn in the right direction they they needed to go. This student, I'm going to call her Annie for the sake of this story. Annie was very troubled, uh, was behind uh, in her credits, came to us having failed most of her um, classes in her middle school experience, but was old enough that she needed to be in her freshman year. And as we worked with her throughout that year, her mentor teacher came to me one day and said, she said, well, I'm having difficulty because I'm working with Annie. I'm looking at her grades with her. I'm trying to give her counsel, but she's not receptive. She's not, she's not listening. She's getting, um, she's, I'm getting a lot of pushback from her. And I said something to her that I think is, was a perspective check, not just for Annie and that teacher, but for all of us. I said, well, what you need to understand when you're working with challenging kids, first of all, is that you have to first accept that you might get I, this is exactly what I said. You have to first accept that, there, that you will be disappointed. And she looked at me and said, you're right. That's not encouraging. And I said, but, but here's the key. You have to accept that you'll be disappointed, but you can't give up because over time, you will eventually make a difference. And so this teacher and her student mentor kept working with Annie. And over time, she began to respond. And by the end of her first semester, she was passing all of her classes. She was... Um, behaving until one day she decided to skip school and I was the one responsible to bring her in the next day for student discipline. When I assigned her to our version of ISP, I know there's all kinds of words for those, our in-school placement room, she was about halfway through that day when she sent me a note that said, Mr. Parker, I finished my work. Can you send me something else to do? And so I looked on my shelf in my office and I had a book called Chicken Soup for the Teenager's Soul that I sent to Annie And I sent a note with it. Um, You can read this book if you're finished with your assignments. And so uh, toward the very end of the day, I got another note that was sent down from that room from Annie. And it said, I finished the book. Do you have anything else? And I thought she was, there was no way she could have finished that book in that short of a time. So I sent a note for her to come to my office. And when Annie arrived at my office, I took the book that she had read and I began to go through it and review it with her. And she had read the entire book. And she told me, I've never read a book that spoke to me like this one. Do you have anything else like it? And so I sent to the librarian and she sent over chicken soup for the woman's soul. And I handed it to Annie and I said, Annie, if this, if this book is really speaking to you, take this one home and keep it as long as you want. And I remember that moment because Annie clutched that book to her chest and she had these, this look on her face like I had just given her a Christmas present. And she said, you mean I can keep it? It's mine as long as I want? And of course I said, yes, but But that moment with Annie was a perspective check, the kind that I think that all of us have occasionally, but we sometimes need to to stop and be mindful of it. Because I remember when she walked out of the office that day, I stopped everything that I was doing. And I reminded myself that that moment, that light bulb moment with that student, that kid that we're surrounding with all kinds of care and supports, that young lady who we've discovered now loves to read, this student who recognizes that she's cared for, this is why we do the work we do every single day. And so as we're stepping into a new school year that does require courage and does require us to be morale builders and does require us to constantly change to the laws that surround us, um, we have to keep perspective in those difficult moments. 
you know, that perspective came back to me about a couple of years into my admin experience because I was a very committed assistant principal when I first um, began my work and I stayed committed through the years that I worked in the principalship. But I also had a tendency to forget that the areas of our life are more than just school. And so I want to switch gears here for just a moment. And I want to ask you this question to self-reflect on for just a moment. What really matters most in your life? Because so often when I'm talking to school leaders about maintaining courage in the work that we do, often what I find is that we invest a lot of time in our work, but we may forget other areas of our life that are just as important. And this came home to me the second year that I was working as a school admin. I was the father of four young children. And one night we just put the kids to bed and I pulled out my laptop to begin working because I had the habit of getting up very early working, staying up very late working. And I had begun to neglect a lot of other areas of my life. I had stopped exercising. I had stopped paying attention to my nutrition. I had stopped really spending a lot of quality time with my family because I was determined I was going to do my job really well. And so my sweet wife, Missy, asked me that evening, well, can I talk to you for a moment? And I said, yeah. And so I set my laptop aside and she said, I just need to tell you something. And she said this with, without bitterness. She said it without um, anger, just kind of resignation. She said, I really feel like you're a shell of the man that you used to be. And the kids and I have kind of accepted that you are a principal 24 hours a day, but you're kind of a dad and husband a weekends only. And that night I sat down after she went to bed and instead of working, I wrote a letter of resignation. And I placed it in a folder and I took it and I put it on the corner of my desk in my office at school. And I told myself, I'm either going to find a way to be committed in the work that I do as a school leader and love my family and take better care of the other parts of my life. I'm going to find a different profession. And so part of the reason why I put this book together, Principal Matters, was for that reason. I wanted to share the lessons that I began to learn from that point on refocusing the way that I was balancing my life as a leader so that I had something to give. Because I believe that often we forget that our life is, is a wheel. And this is a, an image that I borrowed from Zig Ziglar, who also talks a lot about balance. But if you look at your life as a wheel and the different functions that you have as a person, you are physical you are social, you are spiritual, you have financial needs, you have family needs and priorities, mental and work priorities. But if we're only investing ourselves in the work wedge only, then what happens to a wheel when it becomes unbalanced? It's a really rough ride. And so as you look at this year that you're getting ready to step into, let me just encourage you, let me encourage you that although you're going to be stepping into this year with a lot of courage when it comes to leading your students and your teachers and your schools. I also just want to remind you to, to not neglect the other areas of your life. And so for me, that meant that I had to begin, instead of working in the mornings, getting up and getting some exercise. Instead of working through lunch every day, like I had the habit of doing, stopping and eating with colleagues and talking to them about something other than just um, school stuff. It meant that I had to invest in my own growth, which meant that I was reading again and that I was making time for those things that I love to do. What makes my heart sing things too. And so I, I want to encourage you this week to think about that as well, because I believe that if you are taking time to invest 
in those areas of your life, then you have a full tank for which to give from. I'll never forget the first time that I was asked to sit through a state accreditation meeting with our RAO who was coming to our district because I was still the young assistant principal and my side principal at the time invited me to the meeting. And we were pulled together in this large district's administrative building with all the principals from that district waiting for the RAO to arrive. And so as we were waiting, I was the young guy, so I was mostly listening. And all of the principals in that room were going around in a circle sharing the different medications that they were taking or the different doctors that they were visiting or the different um, crisis that they were facing in their health at the time. And I remember thinking, if I, I'm, I'm going to die. If I stay in this principalship, I'm probably going to die because, because of all of the, the stress that this, this, that this creates. And so those conversations are ones that as I've talked to principals over the years who I have seen st- thriving in the, in the calling that have stayed in and continued to, to do so with joy usually are the people who are spending time, not just with school, but they're investing in their families and in the things that they love. So I want to wrap up t- today's conversation by just asking you to do some self-assessment as you're stepping into your school year. Let me caution you on this journey to be looking for, at some of the signposts in your work to make sure that in your journey, that you're taking care of you. And I know that this may be counterintuitive to talk a lot about yourself first when we're talking about leading a school this year when it comes to your principal responsibilities. But I'm flipping this conversation on purpose because I think that unless you're talking about your own priorities first, you're not going to have the reserves of energy and initiative and creativity that you're going to need to accomplish your goals this year. So let me ask you to look at four areas of your, of your work right now. First of all, do you know how to recognize any danger signs of workaholism? And I, I have been that person. And even when I've recognized this in myself, I tend to have to revisit these things every single year or I, or I fall into to danger. So are you doing things, for instance, like neglecting time with others? Are you a person who seldom takes time to actually stop and, and eat and, and pay attention to, to nutrition? Are you paying attention, number two, to the signpost of good health? When's the last time you had a physical to make sure that your cholesterol is under control? And I'm saying that because I had gained 20 pounds as an administrator. And I was, uh, when I had gone to the doctor and realized that I was putting my heart at risk, um, I needed to do something to make sure that I was leading a school and taking care of me at the same time. Or third, what are you doing for your own personal growth? Are you taking time, just like today in this conversation that we're having in this webinar, are you taking time to reflect on the things that help you grow personally? Because if you're personally growing, I believe that you grow as a leader. What books are you reading right now? Or what uh, podcasts are you listening to? Or what information are you digesting uh, that's going to help you be a stronger leader? And then number four, what values are you resting on that help you make great decisions? I call that your personal compass because I think it's so important that we all stay committed to the, to the values and we stay committed to the truths that help us lead others well. And so those things that are essential to, to being a good role model for others are things that we need to be practicing in our own lives, but things that we need to hold on to when sometimes we're tempted to compromise in a decision, with whether it's with teachers or students or in our own leadership, um, how do we move forward with relying on our values? So here's a, a parting question that I want to ask as we're wrapping up this first webinar. 
And I would like you to reflect on this. And in fact, I'm going to ask you to, if you can either write this down now and send me an email later, or if you want to, if this is something that you're already ready to respond to and you want to do it through a chatting on the Zoom function, or if you want to chime in, I just want to ask you, write this question today. Where do you want to grow this year? Because I believe that all of us have areas where we need to see our own personal growth or our own professional growth. So where, where is it that you want to grow this year? And as we're wrapping up this conversation, I just want to encourage you to think about that. Um, and I would love to have some feedback from you. So whether you want to reach out to me uh, at the end of this webinar or whether you want to send me a note via Twitter or whether you want to send me an email, uh, feel free to, to respond. But I want you to be digesting this between now and the next time that, that we talk. What are the places where you want to grow this year? Because I believe that, that setting our own personal goals is important to the way that we lead our schools as well. So let's wrap this up. You know, this week, as you've thought through your own purpose-driven leadership, I just want to encourage you to remember that whether it's your career, whether it's your social life, whether it's your family, whether it's your finances, whether it's your intellectual growth, whether it's your own physical health, that the way that you take care of you is going to influence the way that you're taking care of your of your school this year too because the work that you do uh, is so amazingly important next month we're going to be talking about or next uh, two weeks from now september 19th we're going to be talking through the importance of focus the importance of our motivations and how we can make each day count and so i would just want to encourage you to continue to stay connected if you're uh, reading through these chapters, thanks for prepping ahead. If you're not, that's fine too, because um, I believe that these conversations can still be valuable. And I know that we're busy school leaders. So thank you guys for uh, those conversations. I'm going to officially wrap up the presentation part of this webinar, but I'm going to leave the, the webinar open now. And so if you have a question or comment or feedback that you'd like to add uh, to this conversation, then I'm just going to leave my mic open and you can unmute yours. If you log out at this point, I just want to say thank you for participating in our first webinar of this series, and I'm looking forward to staying connected with you. I hope that you guys have a fantastic week, and I just want to remind you again that the work that you do is so important. Thanks for doing What Matters for Kids, and I'll talk to you in uh, September 19th. Principal Matters listeners, thanks for listening into that webinar conversation about leadership, courage, and caution lights. And I hope that this week as you are serving your students and working with your schools that you'll remember that what you do is so important. If you have not checked out my new book, Messaging Matters, How to Inspire Teachers, Motivate Students, and Reach Communities, it's just released recently and I was able to hold it in my hands. And just a quick shout out to Solution Tree Press for also sending me a framed copy of the cover this week. I've enjoyed also connecting with folks on Twitter who are receiving the book and taking pictures and sending them to me. So thank you guys. Those of you who are already reading Messaging Matters, you can see that book at solutiontree.com slash messaging, or you can check it out at amazon.com. I hope that you guys have a great week. Thank you again for listening in and I'll talk to you soon.